I think in the spirit of Web3 and in the spirit of blockchain itself, just open source and having people be able to go between worlds, wear it between worlds, kind of share these assets, have them be open, open everyone. And that's our goal and mission. And I think designing with Unreal Engine 5 and, and keeping that in mind will help enable that. Welcome to the NFT Now podcast. Every Wednesday, we speak with trailblazing artists, collectors, and technologists about how NFTs are redefining the creative economy and how you can be a part. I'm Sam Heisel. I'm Alejandro Navia. And I'm Matt Medved. And we're on a mission to empower the creators of culture. Welcome to the show. Matt, what's happening, man? Another day in the metaverse, Sam. It's going great. How about you? Good. All all things metaverse today, Uh man. Who we got lined up? Got two great guests today. We've got Chad Knight, an accomplished crypto artist, former head of 3D design for Nike, and newly minted head of cyberware for Wilder World, uh, the virtual world. And we've also got Phoenix Wilder, co-founder of Wilder World with Frank Wilder. Super excited to dive into their thoughts on the metaverse, digital fashion, and much more. What stood out to you, Sam? I think this was a fantastic episode. We really dived deep into all things metaverse, from defining what it is to the, the tough questions on balancing IRL experiences and mental health with time spent in the metaverse to very kind of tactical outlooks on use cases and adoption. I think um, there's a lot of questions around the metaverse. There's a lot of buzz, buzzwords. I think this is a very tactical episode that'll give you a much deeper understanding of what's on the horizon for adoption within the metaverse with some builders at the very forefront. So really enjoyed that. Do have some fun things to dive into. So uh, do want to jump right in. But before we do, definitely be sure to, if you haven't already, make sure you check out and subscribe to our newsletter, nftnow.com. Every Wednesday, we distill everything that's been happening in the world of NFTs into an actionable digest so you can get involved. But without any further ado, today, Chad Knight, Phoenix Wilder. Chad, Phoenix, welcome to the NFT Now podcast. How are you both doing? Doing fantastic. Hello, hello. Thanks for having us. Of course, of course. Very excited to, to dive into things. Um, you know, you, you both have a lot going on um, in Wilder World and in Metaverse wearables. But first, for, for some of our, our listeners who may not be super familiar with the Metaverse, how would you define the Metaverse? Hey, I'll, I'll jump in quickly and you can, you can follow my lead. Um, essentially how I would see it and how we are trying to define it. It's a new dimension of reality. It's an immersive 5D place. People are going to go to live. People are going to spend a lot of their time moving forward in this future. Um, obviously there are many different versions of this, but I see it as a place where communities thrive, where, where new industries are made. And it's really exciting. Yeah, I think I would define it as, you know, if you kind of break it down, it's a universe within a universe. So it's kind of our version of a universe that we've constructed. So I think that it's going to be where a, a lot of stuff takes place in the future. It's going to be completely redefining self-expression, sport, everything. So I would define it as just another another version of reality that I think is going to get more and more refined find over time until you can barely tell the difference between the two. And I'm curious too, like, I know everybody loves to default, uh, like the ready player one, like I put on a headset and I'm like immersed into this like a uh, metaverse world, but like who knows if and when and how that evolution occurs. So I'm curious from your perspective too, when we just think about kind of like where we're at right now, how are people kind of currently engaging in building the metaverse and, and what does that like evolution look like over the next three years, five years, 10 years? Oh, geez, you want to get weird, huh? I mean, <laughs> the way I look at it, you've got, you know, a game environment is a metaverse. It's an alternate reality that's got volume that a, 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 an avatar or you can experience. It's got time. It's got physics. It's got everything. So the only difference is we're experiencing it on a flat plane right now for the most part when you're looking at a monitor. But when you go into really what it is, is it's perception of something. So Eventually, we're going to go in, we're going to move toward VR glasses and, you know, different peripherals that you will allow you to interact with that world, too, and give you sensory feedback. But I think it's going to get to the point eventually where we get to, to the, the Neuralink state where these senses, you know, it's just a, an analog piece of information that's going from your eye to your brain, and then that's rendering that. So if that can be changed from coming from a computer, that input, that, that data to your brain and rendering it, it's no different. So it's like much less dystopian as Matrix, but I think that the capability of that is is very possible. And I think that that's 
very easily where it could go. And that's where I think it's like you, you know, there's all these barriers right now about like when you, even when you have VR on, you're still looking at a, a glass and you're not percep- perceiving depth. But, you know, once you get to the place where you can actually kind of input these things directly, I think that that's when you get a complete loss of, of what's real and start having a very philosophical kind of debate about it. Yeah, you, you nailed it, Knight. It is, it's moving from, it's almost this web two are these 2D screens, the, the 2D black mirrors, even VR is just a screen closer to your face. And once we really start tapping into it is there's going to be, the hardware is going to be so crucial to this. I see that the Apple Glass will, will almost replace the iPhone in the future, in the next three, five, ten years, um, where people are just, their iPhone is on their face. And this is a bridge between the AR and the VR. This is really going to be able to bridge that physical and digital world um, between the three dimension and the fifth dimension. Um, and then, yeah, as you said, to get a little more far out, it is going to be the um, bionic human type of thing with Neuralink. If you want to experience a cake or a steak or a glass of wine in the metaverse, this is going to be how to tap into these senses through things like Neuralink. And it's it's a deeper philosophical question. I don't know if uh, we're ready, ready if I'm ready to go there fully yet. But um, but yeah, it's it's going to be very interesting to see see what the future holds. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, it's it's interesting because I don't even know an Oculus yet. Yet, and I'm and I'm like, that's how early we are. That not even like people who are deep down the rabbit hole all even have like the technology to experience this on like on on its most you know like optimal terms. And I, and I think it's interesting too. Like we think about like the concept of the metaverse, we could speak of it as though it's one thing, but I think um, in the future, it'll actually be many different virtual worlds, right? And so I think um, one of the really exciting things about NFTs right now is we see these different communities forming where, where around, whether it's around PFPs or around games or whatever, where people of like mind uh, or, or who have similar interests or similar values kind of come together. And I feel like the metaverse will be that extrapolated to its furthest extreme, where not only can you have a, com- a community, you can actually build your own world. And and that world will be like tailored for um, the uh, you know the people who want who want to inhabit it, right? So like, absolutely. With, with that in yeah. mind, like I would love to hear, and let's let's dive into Wilder World. Like, what's the vision there? What's the vision with Wilder World, and how does it differ from other existing virtual worlds like Decentraland, the Sandbox, etc.? Amazing question. To your previous point, I think there are going to be many different metaverses and worlds. And a side note is one thing that's Zero Technologies is building is the ability to spawn other worlds, just like Wilder World, you can launch your own token. And so we're building the infrastructure for these other worlds to be sprouted up through zero tech, uh, just like Wilder World. This will be the first use case. It's going to be like a tour schedule when there's musicians playing playing their, their tour around North America. They're also going to be booking shows in Decentraland, Sandbox, Wilder World. So this is going to be a part of, of the mainstream touring and artists and communities being able to gather. Um, what, what separates Wilder World is we're essentially building on Unreal Engine 5, and we're building for a fully immersive AAA experience. We see th- we're using MetaHuman, and, and we're seeing how realistic we can get um, with all this new technology, and we're utilizing that by gathering the best and brightest artists. Um, that's our core foundation, is it's built by artists, for artists, and Knight's a great example of this. Um, we just want people who are aligned and see this future. Um, we like to say to skate to where the puck's going. So we always like to look a few years ahead, and that's what we are building for. And it's things move so fast in the Web three crypto tech space. Um, so we know that that uh, it's just amplifying that vision and continuing to hyperscale. Um, but our goal is to have this this fully immersive experience, and also have it as a safe, fun. Um, conscious place. Uh, that's something that's very important to us that gets into this question of what is 5D. And I think it's a form of consciousness. As we shift into this new dimension, um, we're helping create, we, we have to be so mindful, intentional, um, and conscious about this technical age that we're bringing. Um, yeah, I'll let, I'll let Knight jump in there and, and share a little bit more. But yeah, well, I mean, I completely agree that there's going to be several of these universes. I mean, everybody's going to be able to make one. Um, and I think to 
to Matt's point, like you're going to gravitate towards these ones that have a community that you relate to or that you resonate with and like-minded people that you want to spend your time with. You know, it's, I, I think that that's how communities have always evolved and it's just kind of a, a deeper sense of community being able to have your own worlds to exist in. Uh, what, what Phoenix was saying about Wilder World being on Unreal 5 and the realism of it, that's really what attracted me to it. And like, I was, you know, so impressed in the, the, the initial conversations I had with the team, um, just in terms of, and what he said about skating to where the puck is going. I feel like there's a lot of reactional stuff happening right now out there. There's a lot of people saying, oh, we're going to, we're going to build a metaverse. You know, here's what we're going to do. Here's what we're going to make, et cetera with very little understanding of what it really takes to get there. And this, these guys have been working on this already for several years and have a very, very good understanding of where this technology is headed. And I think that's what, what is going to separate it more and more over the, over the future is that, um, that level of fidelity that is really hard to capture in, in some of the other virtual worlds right now that I feel like breaks that immersive experience from it truly being immersive, you know? Um, and it also just, it provides opportunity to, you know, going into the wearables and things like that. It provides the opportunity to do much more detailed and realistic assets for uh, elevating and, and differentiating for self-expression, I think, which is a really big part of it. And everything in the world is an NFT, um, from the property to the houses to the assets within the house to what you're wearing. Um, and I see we're shifting from NFT 1.0 into NFT 2.0 um, with and you, the NFTs with utility are so key in building up these worlds and allowing artists to create and allowing um, communities to um, share and create their own and, and trade. We recently shared on our social profiles too that like uh, a tweet from Bobby Hundreds that I think is kind of relevant now to what you're saying as far as like the sense of identity and ownership in the metaverse. But he mentioned that like, Metaverse is easier to accept when you consider online discourse to date has really been imprisoned in this kind of monolithic uniform type, whereas like Metaverse adds aesthetics, personality. Now you can speak in 280 characters as 280 characters. So I think it's uh, like really interesting to see what this like personal expression looks like. And I guess also too, like Chad is kind of the, the head of cyberware. Um, like when when you think what inspires you about self-expression within the metaverse there's i mean there's there's so many levels to that i think what it is is that it's a safe space first of all where you know again i believe that people will be in metaverses surrounded by like-minded people you know so i think it's going to be a safer place from that regard to begin with but i think that people will be able to express themselves in ways that maybe they're not comfortable expressing themselves in this world not only that but you're not you're no longer restricted by physics or manufacturing constraints you're no longer unable to make your your shoes help you fly you know what i mean there's so many new elements to it that you can bring into this world and and new dimensions of self expression that are just aren't available to us in this reality so that's what I'm super excited about. Um, and, and like I was touching on, the, I think the, the capabilities embedded into these things is where I think it gets really interesting. The whole kind of like, I know Kung Fu, like that's an NFT, you know, like your abilities, your, your, your avatar's knowledge is stuff that you can build into these, these assets that, um, that we use to, 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 to express ourselves and to dress in this world, but they're going to be so much more than that in, in the metaverse. Absolutely. And, you know, Chad, like, you know, you actually, you know, just recently left what, what many would consider a dream job, you know, head of 3D design at Nike um, to become head of cyber world at Wilder World. And I'm, I'm sure that many of our listeners may also be in their own way considering taking a similar leap into, into Web3. So tell us a little bit about your conviction there and also like the thought process behind, behind making the jump. That's a great question. Um, I would say about, just to take it back a little bit, to give a little bit of context, about two years ago, I was learning simulation software, and that's when it kind of clicked to me that anything, anything can be simulated, you know, like, and how it could be simulated, learning how plant growth can be simulated, and realizing that, that, that like, anything in this universe can be measured and therefore simulated on a computer, that's when I, I, I kind of, again, I saw where that puck was, and I was like, that is where we're headed. It like, it, 
it was explosive. You know what I mean? It was like, it was really, really kind of earth shattering, this realization. And at that point I had set out on kind of a mission of trying to help, um, guide things with, with my team and my leadership as to helping them kind of also understand this, this future that we were headed towards. That wasn't just digital, you know, that's, we've all been working on computers since the eighties. That's been digital, but this virtual immersive experience where we're going to have, you know, you have one consumer now that buys shoes and shirts, etc. They're going to have an avatar and that avatar is going to be shopping. You're going to have a, a completely, you're going to have a consumer and you're going to have a, a, a citizen essentially of your metaverse that you build. That's going to essentially replace your website. And it's just, you know, Nike's like any other large company. It's huge. It's, it's really hard to, um, make change. And I didn't feel like I was necessarily in a position to be able to participate in that part of Nike's growth or, or change. Um, so this, you know, I, I'd gotten to talking to these guys. I was super impressed with what they had done so far. I think, I mean, there's so many things that were appealing to it, um, or uh, that were appealing to me about it. One of which, like I touched on, is just this ability to design stuff without manufacturing constraints. Like that is a designer's dream come true, in my opinion, because, you know, when whenever you see a shoe on the shelf, it's gone through thousands of iterations that have gotten pieces removed from it for costing or for manufacturing constraints, or you can't do that. It's too, too daring or too risky. I feel like that, that wall comes down when we get into the metaverse and we can, you know, you can have a shoe that's not even attached to your foot that you're floating above. There's just so much that you can do in this space that, that is impossible to do in the, the physical space. But also, just for me, you know, like I was saying, it was just this earth-shattering moment where I realized where we were headed, and I so desperately wanted to be part of that future, and and help build it, and help, you know, help take it to as good of a place as it could be, uh, knowing that there's a lot of I think risk there too with people being able to come in and opportunists and and take it in another direction. So, you know, this opportunity was just kind of a the the true dream job for me. The Nike job was a dream job, but you know, I tend to kind of reinvent what my dreams are every 10 years or so. So this was it, you know, and it's like, it's still surreal to me, the ability that the, or the fact that I'm going to have the ability to help kind of shape this future is super, super exciting. And we, we are just so honored to have, have Unite. Um, it's been a very serendipitous and very connected alignment uh, between you and and Wilder World, and circling back on your guys' point about just the creative freedom and and allowing artists to create, Chad created a, our first metaverse monument, uh, which can be likened to the Eiffel Tower or the Statue of Liberty. Um, so this is a massive structure, which is one of the defining elements on the skyline of Miami, our first uh, our first city in Wilder World, and he. He also can use he can use his skill sets to design things across the board and in industries across the board and that goes back to our point about it's it's all about the artist it's all about the art and that's so important to us um, and yeah we're just honored to have have Knight leading that charge yeah no that's absolutely incredible super excited to see how how it uh, continues to grow I, I'm curious and this is just kind of like one perspective and i think obviously there's lots of like merit and i'm really excited personally i feel like metaverses a lot of web3 in general just enables more prosperity for communities united around certain passion points and topics and enables kind of almost like mini economic ecosystems around them like we've seen like link style and the financial viability of a bunch of people that are just interested in golf right like what happens is we start seeing just random tribes united around different passion points starting to congregate in different um, in different metaverses, in different Web3 formats. So I think like that to me gets really exciting at scale. I think on the other side, there's a lot of people that are, are hesitant about like, okay, metaverses are people, you look at social media and the addictive nature of social media and just spending so much more time online. So from your perspective, like, what inspires you and, and what do you think are the, the, the beneficial elements for customers and for users of the metaverse? And then on the other hand, like what are things people need to be aware of as we continue to evolve how we interact in these virtual environments? 
Amazing question, Sam. Do you want to do you want to start off, Nate? Go ahead. Go ahead, Felix. All right. Well, I think uh, I think something to be mindful of is is that consciousness is um, are do we want to be spending X amount of of our day outside of reality, um, and that goes that goes hand in hand with the exploration of activities, physical exercise, doing yoga in the metaverse, um, practicing breath work. Um, yeah, keeping your physical vessel maintained while you are tapped into this tapped into the to the digital realms um i think that that one of these pros is we're seeing fortnite's a metaverse skins are nfts so these these kids and the new generations coming up um they are very used to it and and i think that's going to help with adoption for for these people just understanding these forms of and and the it's really web3 they're just web three video games and the, the tokens or coins that you're collecting or skins are NFTs and they're crypto. Um, and so that's, I see that adoption coming on the pro side. It's, and, and on the con side, we just have to be, always be mindful of, of um, keeping our mind, body and spirit uh, kind of healthy. I, I would agree with that. I think that um, I think it, it will be in, in some sense, the next um, drug epidemic it's going to be a huge escapist opportunity. But I also believe that you've got, um, you know, with, with right now you've kind of got a little bit of a separation. You've got social media, which is just kind of text-based communication. Um, and then you've got gaming, which, you know, people are just kind of running around with objectives and yelling at each other. I think that once, once you merge those two and you've got a little bit more kind of face-to-face again, reality, then I, I think it will be a little bit healthier. But I think that there's there's definitely an opportunity for also people who are in very unhealthy situations and environments that this could be a way for them to go somewhere that's much better for them mentally, you know, to be around people who are more uplifting and supportive of them in, instead of maybe what they're experiencing in the real world. But I think that peripherals are also, also going to play a large part of it. I think that this could even... I mean, there could be people with disabilities who can't play sport that they could invent a peripheral that would allow them to play that sport in the, in the metaverse. You know, there's, there's so many, I think, pros and cons to it when you start to kind of weigh it out that I think in the, in the end, I think it will be much less destructive um, and harmful than people think it will be. But there's always the reality that we're going to, you know, have Amazon come clean up after us once a month while we're just laying there in some suit you know what i mean like but you never know but that's part of i think what um we feel we are responsible for is just helping that go into more of a utopian than a dystopian future a protopia yes there we go i like that protopia uh absolutely no i think those are really really uh, salient points and um you know as we think about sort of how um how uh, we and future generations will interact and engage in the metaverse. Let's talk a little bit about virtual fashion and the role that that plays. Um, and you know, you just you just des- have been designing the Air Wild season one. Like, what were the inspirations there, and and how does that play into where you see virtual fashion going? Well, so part of what I feel like we're we're heading towards is a little bit less hand drawn design. Uh, and we're, we're moving into essentially one of the real big opportunities to differentiate a product in the physical world is through new manufacturing capabilities or techniques. In the virtual world, we don't necessarily have that, but we still have procedural systems and tools that we use to create these objects. So I feel that there's a huge opportunity um, for, for creativity through the use of these 3D tools and using them in novel ways or, or using them in ways they're not intended to be used even to, to get unique effects or, or forms and things like that. Um, this, this first line that I've been working on was really kind of inspired by um, sonics and sound waves and, and things like that. And it was each shoe is um, computationally created with an algorithm and we were able to create hundreds of these versions and be able to pick out the ones that um, that had the best aesthetic to them. Um, and currently we're in the process of creating a calendar 
uh, and actually creating like line plans. We're going to be bringing in new brands and announcing them as we go along. Um, we're going to be starting to do collaborations and starting to just do random drops as well as lines that come out um, over time. But I think that again, like the the capability part of it, I think is what is super interesting and and the the way that you can just start to look at this stuff so differently. You can have holograms coming off your shirts. You know, it's just like there there really are no limitations other than your own creativity when it comes to designing wearables, I think. Also like looking at the Air Wild season one, um, you know, what, what was sort of the inspirations there in light of everything you just said? The inspiration was driven from the fact that for so long there's been designs explored at other companies I've worked for, which were impossible. You know, it's like you just can't do this, <clears throat> it's too risky, you can't manufacture that, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. All of those things inspired this line. Every one of those things from too far out there for the consumer to digest, that is impossible to make. Those are, those are all of the inspiration points that I feel like I really pulled from, as well as trying to create something that, um, that was aesthetically novel based on the technique that we used to create the shoes. Absolutely. You're breaking all the forms, breaking all the norms. And uh, even even working without the constraints of gravity, I think, was as we as we work through this collection, I think, uh, is one of the inspirations as well. Yeah. And I also, you know, it's got a very kind of um, I don't know if futuristic vibe is the right word, but it's it it, it definitely doesn't look um, totally organic, I guess you could say. So we've tried to kind of marry that with the juxtaposition of um, having a lot of natural materials too. So we've used like, you know, mushroom leather and virtual tiger fur and pearl and these things that are found in nature to kind of offset that, um, that futuristic kind of vibe of the rest of the footwear. Sustainability is definitely, it's very important to, to the culture. And, and also that goes, ties in with the conversation of, bringing these to IRL. I think that's something we're also very excited about is is the possibility and potential of creating these in real life to be able to wear them in Wilder World on your avatar or in the metaverse, wherever you may be, and also in real life. Um, so I think that's something that's very important and really working through these materials, uh, tying nature together with this digital digital project and and yeah, designing it for the future so we can actually be rocking them in real life and no animals were harmed it was all just virtual animals that <laughs> got these from <laughs> no wild pets were, were no <laughs> no <laughs> love it love it well so i'm curious on the topic of like interoperability so both from like how people are engaging across different metaverses and then also like even like the virtual goods and like as you start to build up your like wardrobe of the the fresh new chad knight air wilds um like (laughs) how does yeah like am i able to take that elsewhere like how are you guys thinking about that is this kind of more of a closed ecosystem or are you really thinking long term as to how people will be able to float across different metaverses i think that's why unreal engine is our is our go-to um platform to create these things with Uh, we believe that will be the industry standard and across across all platforms Um, we're designing for that and I think in the spirit of Web3 and in the spirit of, of just blockchain itself, um, just open source and having people be able to um, go between worlds, wear it between worlds, um, and kind of share these assets, have them be open, open everyone. Um, that's our goal and mission. And I think designing with Unreal Engine 5 and, and keeping that in mind um, will help enable that. Yeah, I would agree. I Sometimes I, I definitely go back and forth on this one too, because back to the point about people kind of gravitating towards communities that they resonate with. I don't see people bouncing around to a ton of them. I think that people are going to kind of have their home base that they go to. And it, it is absolutely critical that things are built on the same foundational um, engine too, like Phoenix was talking about. So that's another reason that, that I was so impressed with, with what they were doing is because it's already built on Unreal 5 and that's where everything's going to have to go. But in order for interoperability, everything's going to have to kind of have the same guts under it. So if you bring in an object, that virtual world needs to know what to do with it. So I think it's going to be a little bit. I think also people, in my opinion, are over putting a little bit too much importance on that 
based on the reality of how, how much people would use it, you know, like, yeah, you want to take your shirt, your hat, your shoes and your avatar maybe to another one, but like, are you going to take your house to a different one and just plop it down somewhere there? Like, I think there's a lot of rules that people haven't thought about yet, but yeah, I get, I get asked this a lot. So it's, it's a, it's a very interesting topic. I'm really interested to see kind of where it evolves to. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, and you know, like, I think also I'm curious to hear, like, we think about how like all these different elements that go into building a virtual world. I mean, you know, it, like it, it seems like a very ambitious thing to take on. I, I even, you know, being like, well, you know, well, well versed in this technology degree still feel like it's not fully within my com like a like conception, like how one builds a virtual world and, and what kind of challenges are associated with building something like that from the ground up. So I'd be curious to hear, you know, uh, you know, Phoenix and, and, and Chad as well, like, what are some of those like unexpected challenges or, or like challenges that come when you're building a virtual world from scratch that, that, you know, the average user might never think of? Absolutely, Matt. Great question. It's, um, it takes a village. It truly, we've scaled so much. Um, we've got over about 350 people in over 20 countries. Um, it's great because we're able to keep a 24 hour flow with all the time zones. So while the world is, uh, there, no, there's no time off. The, the meta bricks are always being laid. Um, and, and yeah, using, using zero in our internal technology, we, we do a really great job of organizing and, and keeping all these different industries and different, different artists. Everyone is an artist at the end of the day. Um, whether they're designing the, the streets and kind of the civil engineering of the, of the streetlights, the, the roads, um, <clears throat> whether it's an architect uh, building the buildings, um, people designing the mountains. And it's, uh, it's, quite, it's quite a deep project. Um, and yeah, it's, it, the real challenges I think are going to come uh, once we're live later this year, when, people, when, when, the, when the keys are given to people for full access, um, that's when really the governance is going to be so important and when DAOs are really going to come into the picture. Um, but for now, it's, it's the work in progress. It's, it's beautiful to see. And we try and do our best uh, to share through Twitter and Discord of, of these work in progress updates. But as I said, from, from everything from the, the footprint of the land to the building to the, air, the, the night air wild on your feet, everything is going to be an NFT. Um, so we're, we're thinking from it from that perspective and, and it's just, it's beautiful to watch it come to life. Um, and Miami, as I mentioned, is the first city, but there, there will be many, many more of these to come. Um, and a few examples, it's like, we're speaking with the city of Miami for a partnership. Um, we will be help holding the Beeple 5000, uh, his project, um, Metacoven is creating a Metasook. So a place where this Beeple will be housed. And where people can come, gather, create, um, and explore art together, uh, and that's that's something that really excites us. And yeah, it's uh, we're we're so excited to to have everyone, and and super honored for the for the support thus far. I love this question, Matt. This is one of my favorite questions because this is something that I've connected the dots on over the last couple of years too. Is like I never realized working in three D. I'm basically working behind the scenes of the metaverse, like. I'm, I'm using the software that is used to construct it. And again, you hit play and now you have time and then you can start to interact with that if you define what those interactions are supposed to be like. But, you know, in this world, I grab this glass and I know what's going to happen because I know based on the physics of everything, I'm going to grab this, I'm going to lift it up and it's going to go up. Right now, all that stuff has to be defined by, or, or by the coder to the software. So, all of the rules, all the interactions have to be predefined. So, and, and even the fact that like, okay, you, you look at this world, everything is made up of a material. You know what I mean? It's all based on whatever the molecular composition is. Right now, we're still just using squares with pictures on it in the metaverse. So eventually, you know, once we get to simulate things at a much more finite level and we can simulate things at a molecular level, I think it's going to become much easier. I think you're going to be able to just kind of hit play and these things will, you'll, you'll be able to walk into 
a metaverse and you won't need to know 3D modeling because you'll be able to just interact with the objects in there like you would in this world. So again, I think we use so much like virtual duct tape right now to make these things hold together, but it's getting there quickly though. I think is the other really important thing to, to say, like the Unreal 5 has limitless geometry you can put in, meaning you can have super, super detailed objects in there that aren't, uh, that, where the detail isn't informed by the, the picture you put on it. It's actually informed by the shape of it. And that's where we need to get to. Right now, there's just so many limitations in terms of processing and um, you know hardware and software limitations. But as those things continue to exponentially evolve, um, it, it's gonna get really interesting in terms of not having to necessarily define these things out like a video game. Like it's going to just be something that you can go natively interact with. And, and we like to say that <clears throat> great artists use the tools of their time to tell the stories of the time and this and using things like unreal engine then and circling back to the point of some of these challenges like real-time global illumination and and really just dialing in this this immersive experience um we're just grateful to have these tools at our disposal and and it's uh it's going to be crazy and 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 wild to see how it uh, how the technology continues to progress one thousand percent well in, in that vein i know like you're like the, one of the easiest ways to like fail in business is to try and like build everything for everybody. So I'm very curious from your perspective, when you think about early adopters, who are the, like, if you think about NFTs, like we've definitely seen a lot of breakout momentum with like digital art, these generative projects. And I think for a long time, like if you look at the field of digital art, there simply was just no mechanism to create scarcity and ownership around digital art. Hence why that's become this big breakout vertical. Now we're starting to see more momentum into, into music and fashion and other realms. So I'm curious from, from your guys' perspective, when it comes to metaverse, where there are seemingly limitless possibilities, what do you foresee as the, the, the kind of early adopter customer segments and use cases? Phoenix, you're going to take that Night, one. I'll let you... Okay. okay, I got this. Let's go for it. Oh, well, again, we're, we're starting to see it. And I think, I think bridging the gaps and bridging between worlds and communities is so important. Um, I think competition is great, but it should be there should be a way for people to from the board ape yacht club to um, to join in like sandbox activities or decentraland and I think that interoperability and interconnectivity is a key to unlocking this and a key to the longevity of all these projects um, kind of we rise together as one mentality and these, uh, as, I, as I spoke about before, the early adopters are going to be these people who are native to video games, native to being online all the time, native to buying skins, native to even from Grand Theft Auto to Fortnite um, to, to all these games. It's, people are so familiar with the process. And really, it's just uh, their Web3 video games um, that, that are, are being... The, the masses are, are going to adopt it, um, and it's, it's especially the younger generations who are, are going to be leading the charge in a few years. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think that there's something also to um, people realizing that there's a little bit of every there's, there's a little bit of everything that people are interested in in the metaverse. You know, um, everything can be an NFT if you're interested in collecting things. You can do that there. So I think it's about being authentic to whatever audience you're trying to speak to, too, though. Um, like, you know, we could design shoes that are appealing to a Web3 crowd, but they might not be appealing to the sneaker community that, that we're, you know, would, would like to see participate in this as well. So I think it's about showing an authentic virtual version of whatever people are interested in this world and, and how that can be done uh, in a web three way. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's all these things that I feel like for before NFTs came around before I fully understood how they all connected. I didn't understand really how the virtual environments versus the crypto versus all these things were all kind of one thing and how they interconnected and supported one another. And I think people are going to start to see their interests more and more pop up in there. And, and, you know, if you're into collecting things again, that's like, this is the perfect way to do it. It's just the evolution of it. You're going into to a digital way of doing it now in a virtual way. So I think that 
the, the current early adopters are obviously the people who understand the technology, the gamers, and the people that are into crypto most. But I think that that's quickly going to change when people start, when it clicks for people and they, they understand the value in these things. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. Completely agree. You know, Chad, I'd love to get your perspective on this too. You know, obviously one of the, the biggest acquisition news uh, for uh, the Web3 space, uh, Nike acquiring Artifact and uh, filing applications for trademarks surrounding virtual Nike goods. I'm curious um, on your perspective, like, like why do you think they, they made that acquisition and, and how do you envision them uh, engaging in Web3 and the metaverse? Well, yeah, I, I definitely commend them for that acquisition. It was very forward thinking of them. Um, I think that, I don't know, it, it's, I mean, it's going to be interesting because they've, they've taken on something with a pretty strong community and a pretty evolved uh, brand at this point. But I mean, I would assume that they saw Fiwo's shoe selling for $40,000 on StockX <laughs> and things like that and are asking themselves why we're not doing that, you know, that type of thing. And, and then sitting around a board trying to figure out how they do that and having no idea how to do it. <laughs> um, I would assume they probably said, hey, let's go buy these guys. Um, but I think it was, given the size of that company, I think trying to start something from the ground up would have taken a very long time. So I think it probably was the, the, the best route to go. And um, Artifact's an amazing company. So I think that you know, depending on where a company is at and their understanding of the metaverse and where all this stuff is headed, I think that the incentives can go from financial to, um, or, you know, like wanting to just jump on the hype to realizing that they don't want to become obsolete. And I think that there was probably a, a few different factors that weighed into it, but um, I think it was a great idea. And I'm sure that, I'm sure that they will do it right. You know, like, even I can see some of the branding trickling over to, to the Clonex stuff already. So I think it was a I think it was a great idea. I think it's something that, you know, that's the kind of thing that I would have loved to have stood up or participated in. And that's why part of the reasons I, I went to go join Wilder World was just because I felt that those opportunities were just um, at too high of a level that those decisions were being made. So I think it was a great idea. Um, I'm super, super interested to see where they take it and how they incorporate like the current design teams into that. Uh, we commend we commend both projects. Uh, big fans of both, obviously, and and we're gonna see an emergence of two breakout paths. And it's it's these big companies which are formerly they're they're Web two companies um, who acquire these Web three projects and are, are going to scale that way. And then there's the Web3 native projects that acquire um, greats like Knight and um, have artists that are not getting their full kind of uh, exposure in their work. Their work can go a lot further and they can have a lot more, more say in things. So we're going to see these two, two patterns emerge, uh, which are both exciting and, and both in the, in the spirit of Web3 and in the future. So it's... Uh, yeah, it's amazing to see, and and it's a great signal for for everything that that's been built so far. The patent thing, though, that's interesting. I, sorry, I wanted to touch on that too because I know that that's how Nike has probably, I would say, initially gotten a lot of its success was locking down a lot of these manufacturing techniques and design design cues or whatever that they that no one else can use. I think it's going to be really interesting, though, what is patentable or trademarkable in a virtual environment when it comes down to processes and things like that, how they're going to, I would say, try to replicate that strategy in, in the virtual world. Very interesting. Never thought about that. Yeah. There's a big meta gray area there. Meta bricks, meta gray areas. <laughs> yeah. Oh, meta yeah. Everything. At, yeah. Every, <laughs> at every other footwear company I worked at before Nike, we would have to sit there for every design and go through patent books and just be like, Nope, we can't do that. Nope, we can't do that. Nope, we can't do that. Like, they've got stuff locked down. Well, in, in that vein, that kind of lends itself to one of my next thoughts and questions. And this is kind of like Facebook, Meta, um, and like some of their plans. Like, I mean, thinking about these like massive Web2 businesses that are really entering such this kind of uh, this new space where like decentralization is really at the, the foundational ethos. Like, um, What's your outlook on like Facebook and, and Meta's ability to create impact in this landscape and like 
What are you concerned about, and what do you think they have the potential to do well? I believe that they they will be the biggest, um, just because of their infrastructure, and and they'll be doing the same thing as Nike, um, just acquiring, and that that's taking that that Web two company, um, just gathering up Web three entities and and scaling. And again, it goes back to um, yeah, I think they will be the biggest, but they will not necessarily be the best or for everyone. So yeah, it's, it's great. Again, it's a good signal. It's, it's good for the space, but it is uh, anything by that's, that's made from Zuck. Can't, can't really trust it. So I don't know. It's, it's something that, that you have to be mindful of, but I think, I think everything should be connected and interoperable. And if you want to portal from wilder world to, to meadow or Decentraland, I think, I think you should be able to do that. And um, yeah, people are going to find their niches and find where they like to hang out. And that's something beautiful about what, what we're building as people in Web3 and in the metaverse space is um, we build it together. It's like the inputs, these things can be implemented at, at the snap of a finger. And and um, the world that we're building is one together. So it's going to take a lot of tailoring and a lot of um, a lot of love and time. But but I think I think we can do it, and yeah, I won't I won't personally be spending too much time in Meta, but uh, but some people may. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure I'm as optimistic for them as as that. I feel like the, you look at the real big users of Facebook, and I don't think they're the most tech savvy people who are going to be, you know, like my mom, for example. Maybe she's going to be playing bridge in Meta, but. Uh, you know, outside of that, I don't see like a bunch of millennials running in there to have their torsos run around. And I don't know, I, I, it's going to be interesting how they, how they, I almost want to say kind of repair that reputation of being kind of this older people's thing at this point. Yeah, I don't know. I, it, it depends on what they're going to offer, because at this point, I feel like a lot of the metaverses are just kind of like the app store when all you had was the flashlight. It's like, you've got it just to, to have an app. Like, there's no, like, you know, what can you do in there? Um, so it'll be interesting to see how they differentiate themselves and what they offer. But um, I think that the data collection part gets a little terrifying when you think that, you know, you can, they can track your, your phone and what you're Googling and things like that. But in the metaverse, they can track what you're looking at, every, every single body movement you make, any advertisement you even look at, they can tell. Like, there's so, such another level of data tracking that can be done with an avatar than with a human that I think that it's it, it's going to be the world I think where you've got ads popping up in your face everywhere I think that we're in a maybe true a true black mirror episode yeah hopefully yeah. we're in a new a new era where like technologically or technology is available enough for people to be able to build something like wilder world that that aren't a facebook yeah one thousand percent. I think it's something we all need to be cognizant of and very vigilant about. Yeah, um, is protecting that sovereignty of Web three uh, and making sure it doesn't doesn't turn into a more immersive Web two. Right. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> um, Absolutely. Well, uh, I guess uh, as we look to close close things out, it's been a great conversation. But would love to hear a bit more about what the future holds for Wilder World. What else is coming up? What's on the roadmap? What uh, I know there's a ton of exciting things going on. Oh, we are we are so excited, and um, yeah, we've. We've been very diligent about uh, really completing our roadmaps that we put out thus far, and and as I said, the bricks the, the bricks are being laid as we speak, and and will continue to be. Um, one of the highlights, obviously, is is Air Wild, the night night season here. It's just about ready, and we're we're so excited for the cinematic trailer that we're about to put out that will will get everyone hyped, and that will then transition him into into leading this cyberware and really getting these avatars dripping. Um, we've got Wilder Moto coming, which is uh, which will be motorcycles in the metaverse. Uh, they're very sick, designed by the same artist that designed our Wilder Crafts. Um, we will be launching a new Wilder World metaverse market, an updated version. Um, that's our own NFT platform, uh, which is also integrated with OpenSea. Uh, make sure to go check that out on our website. Wilder Pets. This one is is a game changer. Uh, this is our first PFP project. So you'll get a, a Wilder Pet PFP, but you'll also get a, a utility with it um, and have a secondary NFT with it on a on a treadmill 
And then once we open Wilder World, you'll be able to have your pet companion roll around with you there. Um, yeah, there's just uh, there's so much coming down the pipeline, and and we're so grateful that you guys you guys aligned with us and and that we were able to do this today. Amen. Yeah, I would say that just to touch on the wearable stuff. Um, yeah, I, I think what we're what he was saying about like I'm going to be moving from this to overseeing that is we're really wanting to build this up as an industry instead of wilder world having a brand that you can buy it's like no wilder world is a world that you experience it within there you should have options of different things that you can buy so we're collaborating with a lot of um, product and fashion designers to bring in some apparel lines um, do partnerships with existing companies as well as start up some some strictly virtual footwear brands as well so there's going to be a lot of stuff happening with it and i think it's going to be exciting to kind of help define what uh, wearables really mean as an industry in in the metaverse well exciting times for sure and great to see you guys at the the true forefront and very excited to see how it all uh it all comes together so thank you also for coming on today and, and keep up the great work guys sam you guys are killing it huge fans thank you so much for having us thank of you course. thank you thank you matt thank you sam thank you knight uh yeah what a pleasure it was to chop it up with you guys uh can't wait to do this again and yeah keep up the amazing work you guys are on the forefront and keeping keeping all the communities informed and and really leaders in the space so yeah keep up the great work uh the wilders all salute you and we're very grateful for the opportunity we appreciate that next time we'll do this interview in uh wilder worlds 100% Miami beachside awesome guys take care awesome cheers man well that was an incredible episode what stood out to you yeah look all things metaverse as we build it right like it was amazing to hear um, each of their perspective uh, about you know the metaverse building a virtual world from scratch the role of of these worlds in our not so distant future the good side the bad side the um the dystopian and the uh what did they say future topian i think protopian 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 there it is um and look like i think also there are some really great lessons to be drawn for people who maybe even have haven't had experience with the metaverse yet such as chad's perspectives on on taking the leap into web3 uh and and thoughts behind you know how huge companies like nike like meta uh formerly facebook are now getting involved yeah, for sure. No, super exciting. If there's one thing I know for sure. That's I'm, I'm gonna be dripping in the metaverse. Well, uh-huh. the, the, the meta drip. No, I think it was. Um, I mean, really exciting to see. I think Chad has such a unique perspective with the uh, like having been at Nike, understanding their practices for building such a prominent brand from a uh, just an apparel brand perspective, and obviously, I mean, very web too. So to be able to take some of those foundational elements from a world class brand and really think holistically around creating this whole new category of of identity and expression and apparel like what that could look like i also think it's um it's really interesting just to see what adoption holds and the the timeline for people really starting to spend more time in the metaverse i think there's still obviously a lot of kind of like pipes to be laid and infrastructure to be built but i think it's it's people like chad and uh and phoenix that are really at the forefront making all this possible so really big hats off to everything that they're up to and uh most importantly to you guys for listening that's that's what makes this world go around so um we'll be back next week but until then we are out peace peace